God's good? It's good. Awesome. Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace, O Lord. Father, we thank you for every brother and every sister that is here in this place, every child. Lord, we thank you for every child of you, yours, Master, who's here. Lord, it's no accident that they are here in this place, in Dallas, in Carrollton, in this house, O oh Master, this time, because you ordained times and seasons and appointed meeting places for you and for your church and for your children, O oh Lord, to meet with you. And we thank you, Lord. Father, I pray that your word will go forth in strength, in power, in counsel, and in encouragement. Lord, your, the Spirit of the Lord will be in everything, in the word, in the worship, in the performances, in the presentations, in every area, in our fellowships, in our discussions, O oh Lord. Lord, because it's not by man, it's not by the arm of a flesh, but the Spirit of the Lord that we all come in this world, O oh Master. And we thank you, Lord, because you're going to minister to us, because it is you alone, O oh Master, who's worthy of all honor and all glory and all power, because you have overcome this world. And we are not of this world, but we are in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go to Isaiah chapter uh, 9. We have, we have uh, read this passage before, but let's go there. We'll see a different facet of it, something very powerful that you'll, we can take off. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful, comma, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Can you believe that Jesus, this baby is called Everlasting Father? Just think about it. We never think of Jesus as being Everlasting Father. Jesus was Everlasting Father. He is everlasting father. He is father. So when Mary picked up the baby, he was looking into the face of Father God. That is true. It's amazing. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. His government is never going to cease. I mean, from the day Jesus came, the kingdom has only been expanding. So who cares about CNN, Fox News, persecutions, troubles? That government is not going down. It's everlasting. It's increasing. And peace. The peace will never decrease. Amen? There will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, this promise, to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forevermore. That means from the time that the son, the child is born, from that time onwards, forevermore. This peace will never reduce, it will only increase. And who will do it? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Not because of what a man wants to do. Not because of you and I. Not because of what you decide to do. Not because of, you know, your Bible studies and your prayer times. Oh, all that is important. But it is the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. Not the, how will the kingdom of God increase? How will it increase? How will it increase? Let's puncture the pride that we have as servants of God. How will it increase? The zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. Amen? That's why Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the 
harvest to send forth laborers. Remember, once we have a perspective of who is going to accomplish it, even it's easy for him to flow through us. Amen? But the zeal of the Lord will accomplish it. But look at this word there. Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a child is born. It's not like for a child is born. No, no, no. For unto us a child is born. So as if this child is for you, say for me. For me. And then the second verse. Unto us a son is given. Say given. Say given. Say given. Okay. The word given in Hebrew means Nathan. Yonathan. God's gift. Same word. It's called gift. So unto us a son is gifted. Is the word. That's the meaning. Given is. You know English. There is no equivalent word for given. In Hebrew. In the sense it has to be. It, it has got so much in it. it. The original word is Nathan. Unto us a son is Nathan. Means Nathan. Nathan. So it has been gifted to you. That's why you have uh, children who are called Jonathan. Jonathan means the gift of God. So child is gifted. Say gifted. So for the first time you realize that this son <coughs> is come for us. And this son has been gifted to you. Gifted to you. So the title of the message is a son a gift and wrapping paper. <laughs> a son, a gift and wrapping paper. So a son has come. It has been gifted to you. But he's come in wrapping paper that you can be fooled by. Let's go to let's go back to John chapter 3. The famous verse uh, everybody knows John chapter 3, right? Let's look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3. So here is a scenario here. So some of the disciples of uh, John are come to John the Baptist and says, they came to John, verse 26. John chapter 3, verse 26. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you beyond the, beyond the Jordan to him who has <coughs> testified, behold, he is baptizing and all are going to him. So his disciples are coming and telling John, hey, you have come as a prophet. You are baptized. You started baptism. But there is somebody come and everybody is going to him. Look at John's response. And John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been unless it has been given to him. Say given. Or gifted to him. A man can do nothing unless it has been given to him from where? From heaven. Let me tell you one thing brothers and sisters. You can do nothing until it has been given to you from heaven. You can do nothing. So for you to do anything on earth, it has to come to you as a as a gift. Say gift. Yeah, yeah. So it has to be given. So salvation, if salvation ever had to come to you, it had to come to you as a gift. It could not come to you because of what you did. It could not come of how faithful you were. It could not come of anything. It had to come as a gift. Whose, whose words is that? John the Baptist. Because he says even Jesus could not do anything unless it had been given to him from heaven. Say Jesus also could not do unless it had been given to him from God. 
But remember the words, what Isaiah said. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. So for the first time, we have got a gift from heaven. And that gift is a son. Now Jesus uses the same words in John chapter 3 verse 16. Look at this. For, now look at this word, verse in this perspective of the fulfillment of Isaiah chapter 9. If you read this word, John chapter 3 verse 16 in the Orthodox Jewish Bible, which that means as the, uh, the, uh, the believing Jews read, they have an Orthodox Jewish Bible, they, it's written in Hebrew, the New Testament. The original New Testament is written in uh, Greek, but they read it in Hebrew. The word there, for God so loved the word that he, that he, that he gave. You know which word is that? Which word is gave there? Nathan, gifted. Exactly what he, Jesus, this is Jesus' words. He's telling that just like Isaiah chapter 9 prophesied. God so loved the world that he gifted his son to you. Hallelujah. The son has been gifted to you. What is the use of the son being gifted to us? You know what? There are three qualifications for a gift. What is the first qualification for a gift? What is the first qualification for a gift? Anybody? <laughs> okay, let's, let's, okay. What's the first qualification? What, what, what uh, qualifies as a gift? No, no, one second. Don't get into theology. How, how do I qualify? Wait, this, this is a gift. It doesn't cost you. It doesn't cost you. Say free. Come on, man. You're Indians. You all know what is free, right? You know, there's a joke. There's a joke that, you know, I, I think you've heard this. They said that, you know, in which part, which, which city in the United States is the most number of Indians? Yes. It's in, it's in California, the city. Fremont. Fremont. Why? Free. Because it's free. <laughs> Consultants uh, come to our office and they're coming from India for the first time. We sometimes, you know, so we, we explain to them, hey, just because you get coupons in the mail, don't just collect all that and keep. It's nothing free, okay? <laughs> you, know, you know, stuff like that. There's nothing free. So for the first qualification of a gift, it has to be free. Say free. free. Say free. free. I want you to get this in your spirit. Say free. free. It is free. So what is free? What is free? The gift is free, right? Okay. What is the second qualification? If this is a gift, how do, how do, how will Okay, let me let me ask uh, Stan. If I say this is a gift. Thank you. Okay. So first is it is free. What is the second qualification? Oh. It's a gift. Oh, I have to receive it. I'm sorry. Uh, second, somebody has to, it has to be for you, say for me. Okay, what's the point if this is a gift? Okay, I agree this is a gift. But is it a gift for Stan? Ah, okay, we get this. Is this a gift? It's a gift. But is it a gift for Stan? So unless it becomes his, it is not a gift. Is it a gift? It is my gift. Why? Because it belongs to me and it is free, right? So when will it become his gift? 
When will it become his gift? No. When will it become? What is the second criteria? What is the first? It has to be free. Second, when will this become your gift? When somebody gives it to you. Already, whether you receive it as the third part, right? But when will it even become an opportunity for it to become your gift? It has to come to you. Say, come to me. That means it has to be given to me. Say, given to me. It has to be given to me, right? There's no point having a gift, but it is not given. Say, given. I'm telling you, you're going to understand the power of the word gave for the first time. Given. A son is given. Given means it has been given. I mean, when I say, when I walk, I mean, this is not a great example of a gift. Okay, let's try this. This might entice him. Okay? I walk across to him. I have this gift. It's very expensive, right? But when I give it to him, when it's not, it's an iPhone 5S. It's S. Okay. So, okay, he got it. Now he did the third criteria. He did the third criteria, right? I'll give you that one. Because I'm human, right? I'm not, okay. But look at this. So here is a gift. It's very expensive. But to him, how expensive is it? It's free. So it became a gift. Number two, it has been given to him. So it becomes a gift. What is the third qualification for him to get a gift? Take it. Take it. Say, take it. Wow, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, there's powerful lessons in this. You have to take it for this gift to become yours. Right? You have to take it. Right? So what are the three qualifications for a gift to come to you? Number one, it has to be free. Number two, it has to be given to me. Number three, I have to take it. If I, if I give, okay, here is a gift. I have my mortgage papers, right? I don't have any mortgage papers, but I have mortgage papers. Suppose I have mortgage papers. I take the mortgage papers and give it to him. That's will not you, will you take it? That's not a gift. Hold, hold it. It's mortgage papers. It's something. We are not talking about qualifying the level of gift. If I give it to him, will he take it? No. no. Why? He might take it. But he might take it. Yeah. Right? So if he takes it, it becomes his, correct? So there's an inherent choice involved in taking a gift. Yes or no? Just because somebody gives you something doesn't make, make it yours. So just because Jesus came, Jesus is free. Jesus has been given. But unless you take it, it doesn't make you become yours. Amen? I'll tell you why. You say, no, Anil, but I have already received Jesus. You, you have received Jesus, but you have not received everything of Jesus. Because the Bible says, he who has given his only begotten son, will he not along with that also give? Because he says, if, God, if you have given Jesus, if you have not taken all of Jesus, so what happens is we have taken Jesus, a small part of him. I want the salvation piece. I will take that, Lord. And you don't want anything else. You don't want his healing. You don't want his provision. You don't want his health. You don't want his resources. You don't want his victory. You don't want his deliverance. You don't want anything. Because on every else, you think you can make it on your own. Because you don't want to make it look free. You want your addition. Now tell me, how many of you all have seen these uh, commercials on TV? Um, 
brand new this pen this uh, this ruby this uh, this ruby this ruby pendant uh, three carat ruby pendant gold plated is free twenty five dollars for shipping and handling. <laughs>
So when the woman saw that the tree, saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. Pleasant to the eyes. So here was an ordinary tree in the garden, which was the tree of life. But just ordinary, not great appearance. But Jesus was that life. That tree of life was Jesus. Amen. How many of you know that tree of life is Jesus? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the I am the waters that flow. I, in fact, Genesis starts by Jesus, God putting Jesus in the center. And where is the tree of life? It says in the midst. Where is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? No. In the midst. Read it. So guess what? As Adam and Eve was taking the fruit of the tree of life, guess who is standing next to the tree, tree of knowledge of good and evil? Who is standing next to it? Jesus. Why did they miss Jesus? Because of wrapping paper. They lost it. They lost it because they could not see the wrapping paper. When Jesus comes, came the first time, how did he come? In a manger. The wrapping paper was in a manger. But the golden wrapping paper that they all gathered to was in Herod's palace. They thought he was going to be born there, right? So they went there. But the king was hidden in Bethlehem, in a manger, in wrapping paper that is completely soiled. Nobody would care for it. But can you see it? He's there. It's in Bethlehem. It is there. So God missed it. Do you see there's a prophecy about this wrapping paper? Go back to Isaiah chapter 53. Go quickly. Isaiah chapter 53. This gift. Isaiah chapter 53. Did you get it? Isaiah chapter 53. Look at this. The new contemporary version of this version would be like, who has believed our report? Who has believed this wrapping paper? This gift? Nobody wants to take this. In fact, this exactly happened in, in my office this week. My boss, uh, so we were doing this white elephant, right? So we had all these gifts, we had a dollar amount that we had to do. So we were going through this motion and finally I got number one. Right? Actually, I traded. Some, I got some number and the lady next to me said, do you want to trade it? I said, cool, I'll take it. And I got number one. Number one is good for white elephant because that person can take any gift at the end of the white elephant. How many of you know white elephant? Everybody knows that. Okay. So there was all kinds of uh, gifts, nice, beautiful, nice. There was a small pack of uh, Rochef, what is it, Ferrero? Ferrero chocolate. I mean, it is so boring. You know, I mean, whoever takes Ferrero chocolates, I mean, it is so, it's everywhere. It is in Pune, in Bombay, in, in every city and every world, I think the chocolate is there. So it is, and it is not even wrapped. It's in a small packet. It's transparent. So everybody knows it's a Ferrero chocolate. Just small, a few, and the two, four of them. And that's it. It's lying there. Nobody took it. Nobody took it. So I had my chance. So I could take that, so I went and picked up something that I could see well. The cover showed what was inside. It was a foosball table. I picked that up because Josh loves it. So I picked that up and went. So I come back to my office and my lady, somebody else, got that Ferrero Rocher chocolate. 
And so she opened it up and look what? Inside it was a $200 gift card. And so she goes around the office and says, whose is this? Whose is this gift? I hope it's not a mistake, right? Because this, this, the, the price limit is, we had a limit of $20. So it's 10 times the price. So did somebody make a mistake giving the gift card? So guess what? It was put in by my boss. And he's standing there coolly next to me, watching me pick up foosball. I, I missed a $200 gift card when I had the choice. I had the right. I could pick that up easy, but I got fooled by the wrapping paper. Who has believed? Knife? Who has believed? So God from heaven is saying, and all of the angels are looking down. I'm saying, who's? I mean, does, does anybody know this baby that is born in this world is the son of God? And, and even now, when he's rejected, and when you're like going, trying to do your own efforts in your relationship, you're trying to own efforts in your job, you're trying to do your own efforts in your ministry, you're trying to do, you're like, are you serious? Don't you know that that's a gift? What are you trying to add a price to that? Do you see the practical look at Isaiah 53? Who has believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He had no form or com comeliness that we, and when we see him, there was no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected. When Jesus appeared on the shores of Nazareth, when Jesus appeared on the Sea of Galilee, when Jesus appeared in Jerusalem, he looked ordinary. He didn't look like the Caucasian whites guy from Finland. You know, no, he didn't look like that. He looked just like any other ordinary looking Jew. In fact, even worse. He looked so ordinary because he was the tree of life in the midst with a bad traffic paper. But that was intentional. It was hidden. It was hidden for you. For unto us, a son has been given. So this son has been given. It's available. But the day is coming when he will be shod with a complete glory. In fact, there are a lot of people who missed him. The people in Nazareth thought he was a carpenter. The people, the, high, the Pharisees thought that can anything good come out of Nazareth? The guy, uh, who else missed him? The, remember when he stood before the pilot and the chief priest and the, the chief priest guards, they slapped him, the Bible says. And they, spit, and they spit on him. And Jesus said, I say to you, hereafter you shall see the Son of God coming on the clouds. Because he says that the second coming of Jesus will be with all his glory and all his power and all his victory. He'll come with completely. That gift will be seen as it is. But today that gift is hidden. But it is available for you and me. It's available for you and me. I want you to go to this. Look at John chapter. Okay. There are some people who saw the gift. John chapter 3. We studied John chapter 3. Let's go to John chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. Sorry, John chapter 4. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Remember Jesus at the Samaritans, the well at, uh, in Samaria? What did Jesus say? Now Jesus comes to this woman in John chapter 4 verse 7. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. So the gift of God is asking a woman, give me something. Look at this. This is how God appears in your life. 
he makes it appear as if he needs something but who needs something the woman needs something but why is jesus the bible says he needed to go through samaria he didn't have to go through samaria but he needed that means he is wanting to get something to the samaritan woman but the samaritan woman feels that jesus is trying to get something from her that is wrapping paper it looks as if god wants us to do a lot of things god that's deception but so jesus gives an opportunity and he says give me a give me a drink of water so the woman naturally how can you how god of the whole earth comes to me into my house and says anil give me food what do i serve the king of the world what do i give what is appropriate what do i give tell me give me an option what do i give this god of the whole world if he comes to my door what what am, what am i capable of doing I don't have anything but whatever I have I give right but the, I, there's no limit but look at this woman he says how is it you are a Jew ask for drink of me as if I have something but how are you asking of me for Jews have no dealings with samaritans but this Jew has dealings with samaritans this Jesus deals with gentiles amen this he's she's a gentile amen this Jew this Jesus the savior that is served deals with you and me and that Jesus makes a statement same word if you knew the the gift of god if you knew the gift of god and who it is who says to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he will give you living water amen look at the look at the perspective of god when he has about you he says if you knew the gift of god if you knew the gift of god if you knew what is available to you which is free unmerited given if if you knew you would ask say i you would ask say i will ask so the only response to receive this gift is what say ask say ask ask the only response to this son of god is ask not do not do ask so guess what jesus just after john chapter 3 he's talking about the gift of god the son has been gifted and then john chapter 4 he means the samaritan woman says only if you knew this gift that is come down for you if only you know you would ask me you would ask this gift and he would give you living water living water you know how the bible closes in revelation the bible closes in revelation at the go back to revelation chapter 22 Revelation chapter 22. And there are so many verses and we don't have time to go through all of that. But let's go to Revelation chapter 22. 22 verse 17. And the spirit and the bride say, Come! And let him who hears say, Come! Let him who thirst come! Whoever desires, let him take the water of life. Water of life? Freely! He starts the Bible with freely he ends the bible with freely this gift is available free this gift is free it is free then why why is it that we don't receive everything because we don't take it see take it 2015 should be your where you take more of him take more of him stop trying to contribute to the price that he's paid don't insult him by trying to contribute take of him ask of him the bible says in hosea 
is so powerful and we will take in one of these live team we will take this passage about the gospel of um, Malachi Malachi and I was telling Stan this is such a powerful thing Malachi chapter 3 we talked this passage about if if if, uh, if bring in the tithes and the offerings and I will open the windows of heaven that chapter just opened up to me so big just last month and God is telling it is really not about tithes I'm talking about that I'm talking about come to me as a new creation in Christ Jesus and come and I will spare you as sons I will not hold anything against you I come in my son's name and come and return with words it's so powerful it's about getting rid of your works and coming to in the righteousness of my son Jesus Christ and this whole chapter is hidden and it will open up and we'll do this but I want you to go to Hosea chapter go to Hosea Hosea chapter 14 let's go there Hosea chapter 14. Hosea is just after Daniel. Hosea chapter 14 verse 1. Now this is the final conclusion of God to Israel. He says, O Israel, return to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of iniquity. Now that's, we all know that. We have all stumbled because of our sins. He says, Return. But how do I return, Lord? If I'm a sinner, how do I return? Because the impression is I need to be perfect to return. But God says, no, 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 no. Don't try to work and come to me. Come to me as a gift. Come to me as receiving this gift of my son, Jesus Christ. So he says, how, how do you return? Take, say, take words with you. Take words with you. I'm telling you, this is so powerful. We don't, many times when we come to God, we don't come with words. We come with, Lord, I have done this, I have done that, I have prayed, I have fasted, I have, uh, I have been good, Lord, this year. I have been good, I have, not, I have not really seen all the bad movies. You know, I have exercised right, I have not hit my wife, I hit her only once, you know. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of things, you know, but it's crazy things. But God says, don't return like that. How do you return? How do you return? Say, take words with you. And return to the Lord. Say to him, take away our iniquity. Receive us graciously. And we will offer the sacrifice of our... Wow! So for the first time, God is saying, I'm not really interested in your... That means. I'm not really... I'm not so much interested in your tithes and your offerings and your burnt offerings and I'm not really interested. I'm interested in your words towards my gift. Bring words to my gift. Son and say, receive us graciously. Don't come to my God saying, I have tithed, I have offered, I have prayed, I have fasted. Don't come to him with those things. Just come and say, Lord, it's a gift. Receive us graciously. Wow. For the first time you acknowledge the value of that gift. Because now you say that this gift is so powerful, I can never earn it. I receive it gladly, Lord. And what this? He says, return with words. Don't ever, ever return to God with, with your deeds. Come with words. Say, receive us graciously. Receive us graciously. Jesus said when he sent the disciples and the disciples and he was telling them to go into the 70 cities, uh, the cities, and he sent them two by two. What did he say? Freely, freely you have received. Freely give. See, if you, don't, if you are not able to understand how to receive freely, you can never give freely. 
you know the word gift in the Greek is called Doria and the word free in the Greek is called Dorain. Wow! The, in Greek, the word gift is called Doria. The word free is Dorian. So the word, in, when Jesus used that word freely, you receive, freely give, he said, Dorian, Dorian. That means it's a gift, it's a gift. Don't try to earn it. Just receive it. You can receive so much. Even the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, wait for the gift of God. Don't, and remember the Simon the sorcerer who wanted to pay money to receive the Holy Spirit from Peter? And Peter said, do you think you can receive, you can, you can buy this gift of God with money? So don't undervalue this gift of God because the Son has been gifted. It's been gifted. It's been gifted. It's been gifted. And then he says, for, you will, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. And then and what will you do? And God said, I will heal their backsliding. He's saying, because if you come to me and say, receive us graciously, I will heal your backsliding. I will forgive your backsliding. What? I'll forgive your backsliding. You have not even done one thing worthy of coming back. All you said is the sacrifice of my lips. You know, in the Old Testament, when the, when the Bible says sacrifice of my lips, it is saying, speak, just say. I say, I will be, I will love them freely. Again, without condition, without price. He said, no Lord, I have not, been, you know, I, you know I, I've heard this. I've heard believers say this. And I, I, I want to I break some of these bondages down. Say, you know, all these, the devil is after me and my family this year because I've really not spent too much time with the Lord. Uh-huh. Now you just open the door. Because now you're saying there's something about you that caused a gift to come to you. Remember it's a gift. It came to you. And then what? The enemy just loves it. Remember? Because unless you take it, it's not yours. So you just freely take it. So you say, Lord, no, no power of the enemy can stand before me. Why? Because it's free. The deliverance is free. It is nothing to who I am in Christ Jesus. Why should I not have the best job in town? Why should I not have a million dollars in my bank? Why should I not? Because the Bible says, He who has given His only begotten Son gave. Given His only begotten Son. How will He not along with that freely give all things? So how is it that for salvation we receive it freely? But for everything else, we don't want to receive freely. We have to work for it. We have to struggle for it. We have to hard, hard work brother pays. No, it doesn't. The poor work harder for their bread. Hard work doesn't pay. Graciousness pays. Read the grace. The, the Bible says the word grace in the New Testament is charis. It's translated many times as gift. Charis, gift. Charis, gift. Charis, gift. Because it's a gift. Romans chapter, and I will close with this. Because we have so much verses, but we don't have time. I want you to go to Romans chapter... Romans chapter, I have not written it down, but let's go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Start, start noting, I want everyone to read this passage. Start noting the number of times the word gift is mentioned out here. Look at this. Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 21. I know it's a lot of verses, but I want you to go through it. Stay with me because you're going to get a revelation that will... 
empower you so much. Okay, let's look at it. For just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sin. Verse 13. For until the law, sin was in the world but sin was not imputed. That means nobody called call you a criminal. Though you are a criminal. I mean if, if Max does something stupid but there is no law against it. There is no law against stupid in Texas anyway. Right? But if he does something stupid, I cannot call you stupid. But if there is a law, thou shalt not do be stupid. Then now you are a criminal. Right? But as long as the law is not there, the sin was not imputed. That means they were sinners, but they were not imputed. So they continue to enjoy the good life of Christ. That is why for the longest period of time, people lived so long before the law. Do you know how many, how many years people lived, sinful men lived on the earth? They lived for 800 years, 900 years. Do you think they were less sinners than later? No. But the moment the law came, their lifetimes reduced. This, the, the lifetime shrunk to 40 years and 70 years. Why? Because sin has been imputed now to them. Amen? Now look at this. Verse, keep, stay with me. Verse 14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. That is, there were a lot of people who did not eat the wrong fruit. But still, sin reigned over everybody. Right? Look at the verse. But, thank you Jesus for the but. <laughs> verse 15. But the free gift. Say everybody, free gift. The free gift was not like the offense. He's talking about Jesus. For if by one man's offense many died, how much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of that one man Christ Jesus abound to more. That means he's saying, if Adam's sin has caused you and me to sweat from, the, from a brow and work 8 hours a day and 10 hours a day and earn all this, and, he's, and Adam's sin and the effects of it is so prevalent, you cannot even just look at your face. Adam's sin is evident in that, right? It is going down, down, down. Right? But if the effect of that sin is so prevalent, how much more the effect of the free gift in Christ Jesus? Hallelujah! So God is saying if Adam's sin can cause so much of devastation, how much more the gift of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. Just get a revelation. Let's keep reading. Verse 16, again the word, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came through the one offense resulted in condemnation, but the free gift which came from the many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17, for by one man's offense death reigned through one. How much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Say, I will reign in life. The only way as a believer you can reign in life is by receiving and how? In the abundance of what? Read, read that chapter. How do you reign in life now? No, in that verse, in that passage, in that verse. Through the abundance of the abundance of the gift of righteousness and I'm going to read it. Uh, 15. How much more 
by the grace, how much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man Christ Jesus abounded to many. So two things, the grace of God and the gift by Jesus Christ. If you dwell more in the grace of God and the abundance of this gift, you will reign in life. How do you reign in life? That means you now take of Jesus. How do you take of Jesus? You speak words of grace to this gift. That's why he says, oh, we have a lot of passages to put. My wine is wanting for so many grace passages right now. But he says, take out this gift. Take out this gift. Go back to this gift. Don't go back to this gift and say, I've done this, I've done that. Don't do that. Go to this gift and say, Jesus' words to the Samaritan. If only you knew the gift of God and who it is asked, you would ask. Say, ask. That means you would use what? You would use, ask your lips to ask me what you want. So I, I have, I have how many, she had how many husbands? Seven. She has seven failed marriages. And yet, she received abundance that she became the evangelist in Samaria. In one evening. I mean, no theological college, no ministry benefit, nothing. In one evening. What caused that Samaritan woman to get and walk in so much authority and power? And so much favor? She just spoke to this gift that was before her. Said, and what are the words she spoke? What are the words she spoke? Didn't give me that water. Isn't that the same words in Revelation chapter 32, verse 17? Or what was it? He who come, he who wants drink of the waters of life free. All the Samaritan woman said was, give me that water. Hosea, bring words with you. Come to my son and say, receive me graciously. Don't come. How many of you want to really reign in life in 2015? I mean, I'm telling you, if you all don't want, I will take your part. I'm more than willing to take your part, right? How many of you all are willing to reign in life? Reign in life. Reign in life. Really? Reign is, I mean, okay, in area of your health, if you want diseases that the medical science says cannot be cured, you want to reign in life, receive it graciously. It's a gift, right? Hey, it's a gift. It has nothing to do with me. The only thing, qualification for a man to receive a gift is to say, thank you. I take it. I take it. So how many of you want a great increase in your job, in your income? How many of you want a great increase in your income? Lift up hands. Lift up hands. How many of you? How many of you want great increase in your bank balance? How many of you want great increase in your bank balance? Amen? How many of you want great increase in your ministry? Fullness in your ministry. Great increase. Amen? Amen? How many of you want great wisdom for your children? It's a gift. Amen? Amen? I want you to do it because it testifies, Lord, Lord, we just coming to you. We are not saying how good we are. No, Lord. We just come and we just receive it. We just receive it. We just receive it. We just receive it. And let, let me close with this. Ephesians chapter 2 verses the whole chapter. Ephesians chapter 2 he says, you remember the passage that he seated us above in heavenly places and he's manifested the exceeding riches of his grace, kindness towards us. It's a gift of God. It says. The riches of Jesus Christ is a gift. 
It's a gift. Thank God for his palsy. Thank God for this indescribable gift. It's a gift. For the first time, Isaiah chapter 9 makes sense. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son has been gifted. So the son has been gifted. He was given his only son. How will he not? Paul is saying, how will he not? Romans chapter 8, right? 8 or 9. I think Romans chapter 8, verse 6. If he was given his only begotten son, he was given, he was gifted his son. I mean, seriously, if I... I don't know who's the richest man in, in today in the US. I think it's Bill, Bill Gates still. I think Warren Buffett is number two. If Bill Gates makes you, makes, if he sends a letter to me tomorrow and says, I make you a hair. I don't care. I don't care about anything what you all think about me. If I'm going to be the hair of Bill Gates, I don't care. I'm, because I know I inherit everything that he has. In fact, when, when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush, he never mentioned the law. Go back and read it. He said, I am the Lord, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this. And finally, he closes by saying, I will give you the heritage of Jacob. For the first time, he says that all that I do is because of an heritage. That means it's an inheritance, not because of what you did. Remember, heritage, the same word. It's a gift. It's given. It's bestowed. It is given. How many of y'all love your dog so much that you give your legal inheritance to your dog? I know there's some crazy Americans who do that, but will you ever leave your inheritance to your dog? You don't care how bad your children are. Will you ever leave your inheritance to your dog? Spooky? <laughs> Come a close second. Sparky, right? Sparky? Sparky? Spooky or Sparky? But will, will you give your inheritance to Sparky or Spooky or Roa? Will you? Will you? You will not. You don't care how bad your children are. You receive Jesus by inheritance. You receive Jesus by inheritance. You receive Jesus by inheritance. Receive it. Receive it. I'm saying is we'll pray right now. I would say come with words to this God. Ask what you want. This year. Ask. J James says very clearly, you ask, you fight, you quarrel, you lust. You, how many of you all have wished? I wish I had that. I wish, I mean, that's lust. <laughs> it's, a, it's a glorified form of lust. I just want it, Lord. I just want it. I just can't live without it. Mm, cool. James says, relax. Just ask. Ask and it shall be given to you. You ask and this, that means you don't ask the gift of God. You ask and everything else, you don't ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus. When you ask Jesus, don't come to Jesus and say, let me qualify it. Let me pay for it. Let me pay shipping and handling. When Jesus gives you some stuff, don't pay shipping and handling. It's paid up. It's paid up. It's paid up. It's paid up. You know, the, one of the greatest tragedies of the Christmas shopping season is the amount of gift cards that are not used. <laughs> But that is one compliment that God doesn't want to have. His gift wants to be used. If only you knew this gift of the Son, Jesus Christ, you would ask and you would take it. So I'm saying this year, come to Him boldly. Ask. Stop struggling. James chapter, go and read James. He says, stop fighting. Just ask. Jesus says, 
Why don't you just ask? Ask. The only obligation of a give, the one who receives the gift is say, Lord, I take it. I take it. How many of you want to take it in 2015? You say, it's a, such a bad word. In church, church, I've heard it in church sermons. Just don't be a taker and a taker and a taker. I'm telling you, be a taker and a taker and a taker and a taker. Take as much as you want of this Jesus because it's a gift. Don't stop taking of this Jesus. Just take. You, you've received of his health, but take of his resources. You've received of his, not received of, of his health and his resources, but not received of his wisdom. Take of his resources. Because before the tomb of Lazarus, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Before the wilderness of the five thousand, he said, I am the bread of life. And I close with this. I talked about people who missed the wrapping paper, right? There was one guy who didn't miss the wrapping paper. That was the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross saw the gift of God completely soiled in the worst wrapping paper the world has ever seen. The Bible says his form was so broken as no man has ever broken. When Jesus took our sins on the cross, his form was so broken. It was so spoiled and so disfigured that no man can look at him. In fact, there was no disciple that was around him except John at a distance watching Jesus. Yet that gift was given even till the last time. He gave off his clothes to the soldiers. He gave the mother his son. He gave the son his... He gave his blood for the son. He gave his blood. He was giving even on the cross. He was giving. He was giving. In fact, you know, at the final, just before he said it is finished, there was a jar full of sour vinegar that was kept there. Jesus looked at the jar of sour vinegar and said, I thirst. I've never understood that until, to, until this, during this passage. That's a lot sick. Why, why, why did I... Remember he tried to drink up the sour vinegar at the beginning. And it was mixed with gall. Gall is supposed to deaden the pain. And he wouldn't take it. Because he didn't want to deaden any suffering. And the, the, the enemy will have no claim on your life. Saying that, no, 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 no. You have to suffer this. Because Jesus did not suffer this on the cross. But for, for the first time, Jesus said, no, no, no. I'm going to take everything. Every suffering. So that you, you cannot say that I contributed to shipping and handling. You cannot say that I've contributed to something. You cannot say because I have paid it all. So when he saw that jar full of sour vinegar and he said, I thirst. Now this time that sour vinegar was not with God. Why is sour vinegar kept at the bottom of the cross? Because to, to give some comfort to the crucified people, right? But somebody gives somebody sour vinegar without gall without deadening the pain. Sour vinegar itself is very sting. It bites you. When you are suffering, you don't want to add to somebody's pain. Right? So when he saw that sour vinegar, if Jesus would have not drunk that sour vinegar, some other guy who is crucified would have to drink it. So the Bible says, I thirst. So what the Bible, look at the words in the gospel. He says, they filled the sponge with sour vinegar. The word fill is there. That means completely emptied out and filled. And he drank it. And then said, finished. 
even on the cross, he gave all. That means he, he tried to help somebody else from drinking that sour vinegar on his behalf. And the thief on the cross saw this crucified man in such ugly posture, but yet he knew that this is not, hey, 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 this is not Ferro Rocher, right? This is a $200 gift card. I can see it. Lord, remember me in paradise. And he broke through that wrapping paper and he saw it. And Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. God. Hallelujah. How many of you all are willing to take? Can you take off of Christ who's suffering and needed? If, if, if at any point in his life, if, if there was some need for God to receive some comfort, it was at that cross. Amen. If at any point in his ministry, if Jesus needed to receive anything from any man, it was at that cross, right? But yet, yet at that time, he was so happy that the thief saw him and took off him at that time. He didn't say, seriously, seriously. What did you say? Seriously. You just told me to remember me? Take off me. Because he came as a gift. Son has been given. For the first time, you will understand the word given. Jesus gave, Father gave his son. Son has been given. This, it's the most powerful gift. It was hidden the first time, but the second time, it will come with the glorious wrapping paper that the world has ever seen. With multicolored displays, with sound effects, and everything that accompanies it. And then, they will all want of him. They will all want of him. But the shine of the wrapping paper is so bright that they cannot stand it. And they will hide in caves. And they will say, hide from me and from the one who sits on the throne. I thought you wanted to see God in all his glory. Yes, but they couldn't take it. Remember Mount Sinai? The Israelites couldn't take off his glory. So Jesus said, I will send you a prophet like you. That means somebody like you. They can talk to you. So he came as a common man. Isaiah chapter 53. Hallelujah. Are you glad that this gift came in this wrapping paper? I'm so glad. Hallelujah. So today you are fortunate. You are blessed. But take off him. Don't, don't be put away by sermons, by anybody saying, don't just be a taker. Be a taker. Because if you cannot take, you cannot give. You'll, you'll be full of pride. In fact, when Peter said, Lord, don't wash my feet. He said, Jesus said, if you cannot take off me, you cannot have a part of me. So Peter went on the other side. He said, I want to take everything, Lord. Just wash me and bathe me. Jesus said, hey, you don't need to be washed and bathed because you're already clean. I just want you to wash your legs because your legs are stained because you're sin. You're walking in the world. You, you backslide. You fall. I just wash you with the word. I wash you with the word. As believers, never condemn yourself. Never condemn yourself. I mean, there's so much truth in this word, but I have to close. God is good. God is good. How many of you are willing to take this year? Be shameless to take of Jesus Christ. Be willing to take of Him. Lord, I want to take of you. Pride, uh, let me tell you, I warn you, pride will stop you from taking of Jesus and to fight your own battles. Don't. It's a waste. You cannot fight Satan on that territory. He wants you to fight on his level. Don't fight him. Just come with words to Jesus. Ask. Come with words and say, ask. I will take of Jesus Christ. I will take. I will take. I will take. I want you to close. I want to close. I think it's going to be one of the most powerful times in this year. 
because it's so simple, right? It's a simple thing. I say, oh, no, no, it's a great message, but what, what do I have to do? Do I have to turn back to God? Do I have to stop sinning? But yes, yes, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, whatever you need to do. But remember, more than that, are you willing to receive this gift? Lord, but I have received Jesus as my Savior. But have you received Jesus as your healer? Have you received Jesus as your provider? Have you received Jesus as your relationship mentor? Have you received Jesus as your uplifter? Have you received Jesus as the one who exalts you? Have you received Jesus as your ministry pro- facilitator? Have you, have you received Jesus? Yes, I do receive a small part of it. But this is a very small part. The Bible says in Ephesians, for ages to come, he is going to reveal the exceeding riches of his grace. Ages to come. This is just one age. God has not even started, brothers and sisters, in revealing how rich Jesus is. How rich. <laughs> Seriously? He, we have not even started to see how rich Jesus is. All this, 2015, all you do is just one exercise. Every day. Find out how rich Jesus is. In one area of your life. And if he's rich in that area, he's rich unto us. Say unto us. unto us. The son has been given unto us. A child is born unto us. In fact, when the angels appeared before the shepherds, and the shepherds, he says, a son has been born to you. Do I, do I ever do that? If somebody is born, a child is born to somebody else, don't I go and tell somebody else the child is born? No, I tell him. Jesus was born to everyone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord. I want you to just close your eyes and just make it and ask Jesus. You have never asked. You have never asked. A lot of people have never asked those impossible things because it's impossible for you. Uh, the Gabriel, angel Gabriel told Mary, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Just ask. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Just ask. This is a holy moment because it's a moment in faith. Because it's not about how good you are. I know you are not leaning down. You don't, you don't, you don't feel uh, goosebumps bumps and anything, but, but, but this is a holy moment. The most powerful moments are something the most ordinary. It's not in the earthquake that there is God. It's not in the fire there is God. It's not in the breaking of the rocks that there is God. It's not in the wind there is God. Sometimes it's in a very still, safe, small voice. And the voice is telling you today, Anil, ask. What do you want? My son has been given to you. Ask. What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Ask. I'm going, to, I'm going to give you exactly 30 seconds to ask whatever you want. The Lord says it's been given to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Because you asked, says the Lord. Because you have not hesitated to come to my gift, the gift of my son, and ask. Because you did not take your rod and strike my son again. But you asked with words to this rock. Out of this rock will flow rivers of water in 2015. Hallelujah. Signs and wonders that you've never seen will flood your life. Blessings shall overtake you, says the Lord. Get ready, get ready, get ready, says the Lord. Expand your tents as never before, for God is expanding you. God is bringing a great harvest into your life, says the Lord. Because you asked like a child. And I heard, says the Lord. Believe and receive, says the Lord. For it has been given to you. Thank you, Jesus. Peter, I want to just stand up and praise God. Peter, just praise God. I've just been seeing, oh come, all ye faithful. And as we sing this song, I want you to come to this gift. Come to this gift and thank God. I don't want you to ask anymore right now. 
I just want you to thank God. Let's just thank God. God say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have, I have asked. I have received. Say, I have received. I have received. I have received this native of God. I have received the gift of God. I have received. Hallelujah. Let's sing the song one last time and then I'll hand over the session to Debbie. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master.